Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! You're your host, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now! Phil Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined Doug Dabbitt. All right, greetings and good morning and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Signorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics, and now and moving forward, built by the Barn Dominium Company, the thebarndominiumco.com. They like to say welcome home, too, just like the Gamecocks do. If you want to build your dream home in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee, how does as low as $160 a square foot sound? TheBarnDominiumCo.com. Make your dream a reality. TheBarnDominiumCo.com. Gamecock owned and operated. So are we, and we're here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. We will be giving a ticket away in just a little while uh, to Thursday's Carol, Carolina Rise event. Carol, geez, Louise. Carolina out, Rise Live event. Thanks a lot, JC, Mr. Tongue Twister. Carolina Rise, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> Carolina Rise Barbecue. <laughs> it's in Home Team Barbecue, I know that. We got one in Mount Pleasant on Saturday. Uh, I have not been drinking, I promise, but um, sure seems that way. So we're going to give a ticket away to that, uh, courtesy of Sawyer Nix. He'll be here this hour to do so. We'll lead off hour two with... Uh, Michael Bratton from That SEC Podcast will certainly talk about the Gamecocks with him on the football side of things and take a drive around the rest of the SEC as well. Post-spring is upon us as we head into the summer and then, of course, into the fall. Plenty on Carolina baseball. The Gamecocks are off in the midweek, but they will be back on the field at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Quick programming note. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. or 11.05, we will be joined by head coach Mark Kingston. Uh, so uh, they're in exams this week, and they've all gotten a little bit of time to rest. So uh, the uh, the head baseball coach will jump in in about 24 hours and spend some time with us. I don't know what weather God, he, or anybody on his staff ticked off, but bad weather expected again this weekend. <laughs> Uh, in Columbia, they'll they'll be able to get the games in, but they're just going to more than likely end up having to maybe move something around here or there. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to kind of see what happens between now and then. But uh, nonetheless, looking forward to that. 
we'll get into some recruiting today, transfer portal stuff, and all this, that, and the other. I see that the Nana Sports chat box is already filling up with those questions, so JC maybe can provide a couple of answers to all of that. But with that said, good morning to Phil and good morning to JC Schubert. <laughs> Schubert. Uh, yeah, may or may not wear the hockey jersey in Charleston uh, at the event Saturday, Jamie, just so everybody can get a good laugh. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, people were kind of, uh, I guess somebody was disappointed in Whittle with no football recruiting news in the VIP room. That's because there's not a lot of football recruiting news right now. Believe me, I've checked. It's kind of dead. Uh, I'll say this, uh, and, and I could be wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong and, and don't have a good grasp of the rules. But, okay, so you, you got five days to enter the portal. Uh, I don't think you're not allowed to sign after those five days as long as you're in the portal. Uh, right. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think the NCAA is going to, like, because look, the 20% that doesn't have any, um, you know, any place else to go, they're like Richard Gere from an officer and a gentleman. I have nowhere else to go. Yeah. <laughs> guys, yeah. Um, you know, the, those guys are like, uh, they're not going to like keep them from transferring if some school somewhere wants to take them. And my God, Deion Sanders has 147 scholarships open right now. Uh, he's not going to fill all those in five days. Uh, so I think that's what the deadline is. And I think people are getting confused going, well, oh, my God, you know, there's, geez, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, there's all this, you know, this, this, you know, Carolina's got to fill these spots in five days. I don't think that's the case. No. No, it's not. The bigger surprise to me, the bigger surprise to me, guys, has been the, the outbound. And, Jamie, you yep. talked to some people. I talked to some people, and I fully expected – you know, I, I didn't even have, I don't, I don't really have any names, but I expected there to be a handful of guys that left and, and got in the portal. There's been one, he's a walk on mm-hmm. offensive lineman. Um, yeah, I, I, think kind of, I think that speaks a little bit to the culture Shane Beamer's built. Um, in some ways, I think maybe in other ways, it's just guys kind of trying to maybe figure out where they're going before they jump in, or, or maybe it's guys that we don't know, uh, quite yet if they're in the portal or not. And, Maybe they're planning on it. I don't know. Uh, I, I know this. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, it, the attrition around here is has is, is, is been pretty much, I don't know, livable. Uh, you certainly would love to have Marshawn Lloyd back, I think, along with the two defensive ends because it's kind of a, a situation where you're, 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 you know, lacking for depth there and, uh, when Marshawn's healthy, he's an elite talent. Uh, but, you know, there's other schools that have lost a whole lot more <laughs> and had to go get a whole lot more. And, um, you know, I, I think Carolina will be fine. So I, I would just say patience to everyone. Um, you know, I, I think they're trying to the, – the staff is – they're not just going to go take a warm body. They, they can't help them. Um, but trust me, you know, they, they know what they're doing and, Every time I, I think we all have sat here and gone, you know, well, what are they doing? Then we all get blown away and surprised. So uh, I, I think I would think, don't worry about it. It is a little odd. I agree with you um, that nobody's left yet. But, uh, you know, they're not on our timeline. They're on their own timeline. So we'll see what happens. But, uh yeah, uh, Sonder asked if we're still in on McClendon. The Gamecocks are still in on McClendon. Yes, 
but that's a that's a Colorado, Missouri, South Carolina, and uh, that's an NIL deal. And um, so, you know, who knows? Uh, buy tickets to the event. <laughs> you know, that's all. Uh, no, and I, I, I swore, I swore I'd never say that. I mean, I don't, I don't mean it like that because I, I think South Carolina fans have really stepped up with NIL and people are starting to get a good understanding and, and all that. And, you know, honestly, the other thing about it though is when you have a, a you know, who a player that may be worth X to one school, maybe not worth X to another. When you consider you got to spread a lot of you spread money around, and you got other top players that, that get an L. And I'm not saying that that gets dictated necessarily by the coaching staff because it doesn't. That's against the rules. But um, you know, I, I think that that there's just so far you're willing to go for certain guys, and uh, if you don't put some parameters on it, then uh, your locker room is going to get all discombobulated because you're going to get a guy that's making a ton of money. It's not like a DeCarion Joiner who is his own enterprise, right? You know, or Spencer Rattler who's his own enterprise. Um, sure. You're going to get us making a lot of money. That's just kind of chilling, uh, and he's not very good. And then the other guy that's, that's really good isn't making that much, maybe because he's a freshman or he doesn't have his own <laughs> enterprise or whatever. So there's a balance to all of this. So just don't think, oh my God, Carolina got outbid by Missouri or Colorado if McClendon ends up there. That's true in a factual, literal sense, but let's don't take that as, oh my God, Carolina's broke again, uh, nil wise, because they're not. We need more. You know, you want to keep championship level baseball program going. There's a need for more. Uh, keep football going. There's a need for more. Uh, Carolina rises actually helped men's basketball lately, so that's I never thought that was possible, but you know, it kind of fit into the budget, so. Helping, uh, helping that program as well. So it's uh, it's getting there, uh, but but and, and don't be discouraged if McClendon takes the Colorado bag or or whatever. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. I mean, he's a kid from Tucker High School, where Carolina's got a history lately of of, of taking players, and South Carolina's closest to home. You know, why Missouri? I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I see the draw of playing for Prime, and obviously, there's a lot of spots open at Colorado right now, but uh, they're going to get their head beat in next season. Trust me. Uh, for every other reason, but Shadur Sanders, his son, isn't very good. You know, uh, in my opinion, I don't think he's a championship level quarterback. And uh, it, it seems uh, I was on 107.5 this morning. We were talking to Preston and Bill and one of them said, ah, it just seems like he's a helicopter parent that's taking it to the extreme. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, dude. You know, I was like, you know, you need to, to compete in the Pac-12. I mean, and look, nothing against Shooter Sanders is just fine. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I, uh, I don't know that I would call him elite. You know, and he he sort of just won the job. He he, he he's the quarterback regardless. You know, it's like when you play uh, little league baseball, like I did the year I hit six home runs. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and the daggum, uh, and then the coach's son got voted on over me to the all-star game. I'll never forgive him for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was a sixth grader. He was in fifth grade, right? How so, many runs um, did they allot you on that team? What do you mean runs? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like how many runs did they allow every, you to score? Yeah, every game, on that yeah, team? yeah. How many was too many? Did y'all ever run out in the first game or did you have enough left for the second game? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, obviously I didn't have that many home runs in me that year. But, yeah, six was a good number. I mean, I think we only played 12 games, so 13 games, something like that. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was disappointing. But I, I would feel like the, the back of the other quarterbacks at Colorado right now. You know, how are you supposed to land an elite? I mean, every other program in the country is starving for an elite quarterback. You know, Dion and them are going out and recruiting every other position. And, so I, you know, you know what I think? Don't... So uh, it, he's forty. I just saw the number. The official number is forty-six. That's how many players have entered the portal. Forty-six. I'm just going to throw this question out there. Okay, think about this for a second. If it was anybody else but Dion, remember when Dion was like, "Yeah, you know, there's a new there's a new sheriff in town. Uh, if you're not good, you're going you're going to be gone. You know that type thing." You think if there was pretty much any other coach in the country who hadn't built up as much like media love as he had or whatever you want to call it, that he just stepped into a job somewhere and was like, kind of want to let you know y'all sucked last year. So uh, I'm here and I'm bringing my own dudes and y'all can get the hell out of town. You think if there was anybody else in the country that had 50 transfers that the media, the national media especially, wouldn't be going – well, how is that not fair? To, how is that fair to these kids? And this guy just blows into town. They'd be blowing the doors off this thing, but it's prime. So it's like, oh, man, you know, he's going to turn Colorado into a national power. Forget all the kids that don't have anywhere to go now who committed to the previous coach. It's all good. But, like, if a Beamer or somebody, uh, you know, even a, even a Saban walked in and did something like that, you know, those type guys would just be crushed by the national media for essentially kicking kids off the team. Oh, you don't think Nick Saban would – and, you know, dare I say Dabo Sweeney because everybody kind of dislikes him for reasons other than football anyway. I know Carolina fans don't like him for reasons that have to do with football, but, uh, you know, if Dabo did it or Saban did it or Jimbo Fisher – Shane Beamer did it. They, they would yeah. go after him. Um, you know, uh, Mike Loxley, Ed Orgeron, whoever, name your guy. But, you know, I think the media loves the prime story. Um, and I think he's good with the media, you know, and I think it's interesting because, you know, you've really rarely in college football had a guy that was like that famous, you know, and and that much of of an all pro and an all American in college and all that. Uh, go to coach a college football team. You know, you just rarely have had it. I mean, Doug Williams coached at HBCU. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, Trent Dilfer is the head coach at UAB now. He also won a Super Bowl. But none of those guys are prime time. I mean, prime is prime. I mean, I guess the, the closest thing to him would be Jim Harbaugh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, as far as that goes, you know, so – uh, I think it's. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think that uh, you know you have this larger than life guy out there. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think that it's fine to clean house. I think a lot of new coaches do clean house. I think a lot of new coaches do have a lot of attrition and they want to get their roster right. But that's 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 almost too much. And when you have kids, uh, guys that, that that shine in the spring game. The kid that was the star of receiver of the spring game hightailed it out of there, along with 17 other dudes in a day. Uh, you're not going to be able to fill that spot. I mean, I don't know if Dion's looked at the portal 
but there's not a there's not a plethora of quality. Now here's the flip side of that. Deion Sanders has damn good assistant coaches. He has a great staff. The offensive coordinator he hired was the head coach at Kent State. Anybody watch the Kent State Georgia game last year? Yeah. You know, that Georgia, the mighty Georgia defense, the, you know, I mean, they put 22 points on Georgia. Uh, that dude goes lightning fast. He's creative. He's really good. His name's Sean Lewis. He's a Chicago guy. I thought Illinois was dumb to hire uh, B.D. Belima over him. Now, I may be proven wrong because Belima had a heck of a year. Uh, but Lewis, to me, I mean, Kent State's an impossible place to win. You know, Nick Saban and Lou Holtz may have gone to school there, but that's about it. Uh, and then you have Tim Brewster out there as one of the best recruiters in the country. You have a really good defensive coordinator as well. Um, you know, he does have really good assistants. And so can they coach these guys up? That's the question. But um, uh, I think I think it is a fascinating thing. And I think, like you said, with the national media, it's even more so um, – even more so fascinating that they don't call him out for the things that, uh, you know, they call out the others for. So anyway, we got to get a break. We got to, uh, we got to, uh, we'll hit a quick timeout and uh, I understand yeah. some of y'all are having some technical issues. We'll see what we can do to fix yeah, some we'll of that while we're on. in the break. So everybody hang tight. We are inside the Gamecocks, the show built, by the Barndo Company and live, of course, from the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, live from the Sinorama Studios, and of course, now built by Barndominium.com. Barndo Co. How do they want us to call that? Barndo Co., I think is the way it is. It's yeah. the BarndominiumCo.com is how to get in touch with them on their website. And of course, you can reach Express Sunrooms at 803 446 4662. And Cindy Searfoss, of course, for your upstate residential real estate needs, will be happy to take your call at 864 414 5271. Don't know what has been going on with YouTube here lately. I but think I think I figured it's, me, it yeah, it wasn't on all. It wasn't on our end. Uh, it was. Yeah. It's on YouTube's end for whatever reason. If you just close it out and pull it right back up, it should work fine. Yeah, because it's so. I was yeah. testing it on my computer while live streaming it as well, and it was working, which was interesting because I was hearing us and then us two seconds later, and <laughs> it's yeah. hard to keep up with what. Yeah, was it was. On. It was not working at first. I figured out. I, I was kind of trying to do some things on my end to see if I could figure out what was going on, but that was not us. So, uh, yeah, it was something to do through, through there. And, and it probably more than likely won't affect the audio post-show either. So, um, yeah, it won't because it was, it was clear. And if, if Phil didn't have it now the other day, by the way, audience that listens on podcasts, I'll apologize for this right now. Phil's, uh, Phil's internet went out. And uh, the show just stopped at one twenty one when we had flannel, wow. and the, the the other thirty nine minutes just went into oblivion. So, um, but anyway, we still had a lot of people listen to it; they enjoy it. So, uh, you know, look, look, guys, uh, you know, it, it's uh, we, we we do our best. But when you stream something live from the Sinorama Studios, like we do. Uh, that are in three different locations. Uh, sometimes things happen, especially when you're relying on YouTube and yeah. oh, things like that. So, well, it's not many it's, servers we're bouncing off of. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I worked in radio for a long time, and there are more problems in traditional radio than there are in this. I could tell you that. Uh, so, yeah. and there are as many problems in TV as well, but they just happen to have people that they pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix them behind the scenes uh, while they're happening. Uh, but. Um, but I, I overall, I think we we do a pretty nice job around here. Real quick, uh, real quick as well on on today. There's a couple of important baseball games that I want to make sure we mention today because we're getting to that time of the year where you need to. Sh- it's like those who are invested in the Gamecocks. You, you, if you're not already, I would suggest start following a couple other things in the country as well. 
so you don't catch yourself going, well, I don't understand. Why did we do this, that, and the other? Hey, did you happen to see this team? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, so kind of try to educate uh, yourselves a little bit, and, and that's what we're all doing. Um, but there are a couple of big midweek games tonight. You got 20th-ranked Duke at 9th-ranked Campbell. And yesterday, I think it was Quantrell that asked us about Campbell and being a top-eight national seed. They've got on nine losses on the year. Campbell's not going to be a top-eight. But they could potentially play their way into a um, a top sixteen if things really kind of kind of go well for them down the stretch. Um, the problem with Campbell is they're in uh, Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, which is a which is a, a pretty place. But I'm not exactly sure how many how many how many fans they can put in their in the seats there. Um, now, if y'all remember, historically, there have been times where teams earned uh, a regional, but their facility couldn't accommodate, so they'd have to do a couple of things. And this even happened one uh, years and years and years ago at uh, at the Sarge. It's when they first brought bleachers in down the lines. Um, so if you you could do that, or if there's like a minor league park that's near you that can hold more and it's sufficient, there are teams who will put their bid in, and that's that's one of the ways that they'll get it. Because remember, you have to bid on this, right? They, they try to give it to everybody that's deserving, but you also have to put a bid in. So if you're Campbell and you only hold 400 people in the stands, but yet you're going to be welcoming, you know, North Carolina to town and God knows who else, thousands, you can't hold them. So, and then there are other times where we've seen a two-seed actually be a host over a one seed because the one seed couldn't host because they didn't have the facilities to do it. So that'll be an interesting case study moving forward, but they've got another opportunity tonight against uh, 20th ranked Duke. They're hosting them uh, to continue to kind of drive the point home that, Hey, we we're a team that should be maybe considered as well. A couple of other teams vying for host positions in the, in bluegrass country, you got 21st ranked Louisville, at 15th ranked uh, Kentucky tonight, uh, certainly something to keep an eye on there. Seventh uh, ranked Arkansas is on the road at Missouri State, and I'm just going to tell you they need to be careful. Now Arkansas is going to be a host, but they want to be a top eight. They they need to be careful about losing some midweek games moving forward, and and that game tonight is is going to be a little bit more dangerous than people probably think. But there's a really big one tonight. It's called Coastal and Wake. Number six, Coastal, and number two, Wake Forest. And uh, Coastal has done their damage, yes, in the conference, but they've also done some damage outside of the league as well. Um, now, early on, it didn't it didn't start well, but it sure did pick up when they beat Wake on March the 7th, 13-11. Uh, to 11. And since then... They've been rolling. They've beaten Campbell. They've beaten North Carolina. Uh, they've beaten Georgia Southern. They beat Campbell again. Uh, they've beaten the College of Charleston. They've beaten Southern Miss. So they've beaten a lot of teams that are pretty darn good. And tonight, they're going to get a crack at Wake Forest once again. But this one will be up in Winston-Salem. Uh, so keep an eye on some of those midweek games uh, tonight And uh, because Carolina's not playing. So if you're a Gamecock fan, you, you can't watch them anyways. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. And then again, just to mention this one more time, Mark Kingston will join us tomorrow at 11.05 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Interestingly enough, you know, Campbell lists their stadium as 1,250 seats. 
Yeah, and and, and that's it, it, but it's that turf. It's all that new turf. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I've never been there. Um, mm-hmm. I've been a, a a lot of these smaller ballparks and stuff too in the Carolinas, but I've never been to their ballpark. Um, trying to pull it up now. I don't know if that's it's a tiny little spot. I mean, yeah. it really is, but. I was kind of I mean, it's pretty. Fifty was what it's at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a nice place. Uh, they've obviously done a lot of work there. I mean, it's really nice. Um, I don't know if they can add seats down the line for a regional or what. Yeah, potentially, I, I don't think you could play one here. I just, I, I Phil, they they try to they try to award them. You know, mm-hmm. so. If they feel like they could get maybe an extra 750 seats or something in there, maybe maybe they would do it. Uh, but Campbell also potentially could lose some money on that because you do have to bid, and yeah. you you know you recoup your money out of the out of the, by hosting oh, ticket sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I don't know. It's interesting how that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I just saw in the chat box a minute ago who said this. Uh, Josh, well, we hosted when ODU was the number one seed a few years ago, if I recall, but that that's true. Um, but that had to do with COVID remember, because we were open. Mm-hmm. Carolina was open. We, uh, they, they fully opened the ballpark. I think before the Arkansas series towards the end of the year or, um, was it Arkansas? Somebody was coming to t- – might have been Florida. Actually, it might have been the Florida series is when they opened it up. And if I remember correctly, Old Dominion uh, couldn't have more than X number of people in their ballpark via state law at that point in time. So they had to move it. And, <laughs> and we're of course, South Carolina threw a bid in there, and they said, well, we'll just go there and, you know. Worked out for Virginia. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they were the three seed in that. Yeah. yeah. So, does JC know that his mic's off? Just out of curiosity. Probably. He's I probably did, I was coughing no. and typing. Oh, yeah. yeah I, was about, I, was, I was about to bring up that, uh, that um, ODU thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was a weird – that was COVID. COVID had a – I mean, uh, Virginia had a Democratic governor, so obviously they were not. Uh, and I'm not trying to get political, but look, there were states that were open, and there were states that were closed. And one party led the states that were open, and one led the ones that were closed. Trust me, I lived up here in North Korea. <laughs> I lived up here in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I was at the region. Governor looks <laughs> like the Buddha. He looks like the Buddha, but he's more like Kim Jong Un. You yeah. know, own. Uh, and they shut everything down, and, and you know, if you went outside without a mask on, they throw throw a stake at you or something, or feed you to the dogs, or shoot you with artillery. Yeah. Uh, but Virginia at the time did. I mean, they well, they, they got they booted they booted that guy out of office. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that was that was probably why Norfolk Norfolk is how they say it, where ODU plays probably um, <clears throat> could not host at the same yeah. time. That's right, and it reverts to if they can't, it they give the two seed an opportunity to, to host it, which to Carolina, of course, glad they could. And to Jamie's yeah. point, he's right. Um, they played the Super in Columbia, and I remember it was such a 
it was such a gut-wrenching time because you had Virginia and Dallas Baptist in your ballpark mm. playing a super regional. And you're like, man, this is depressing. Um, you know, but we're yeah, not there anymore. Because Dallas Baptist pulled <laughs> – Dallas Baptist kind of been knocking on the door uh, for a while. and they Oh, they're good. They pulled the upset over – maybe TCU out there in Fort Worth and – because the game guys thought they were going to have to go to Texas, but uh, and then it's like, well, can't play it in Virginia, you know. Can't and uh, Dallas Baptist's ballpark is too tiny, so they played it in um, good old Columbia Founders Park, and uh, that's just uh, that was that was gut wrenching. Something tells me this team this year isn't going to struggle to score runs uh, like that team did once they get to the well, you talking about South Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Something well, tells me already, this year. They've already proven that. Yeah, I mean, you know, once they get to <laughs> yeah. that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, guys, think about it. I mean, you know, this this team is built to go, to do good things in a, in a regional, super regional format because of, of the way its pitching staff steps up, the depth of pitching they've got. Um, so if they do get in a loser's bracket game, they can battle back with a, with quality arms. Um, and then you throw off good offense on top of that and – you kind of got – you hope that, you know, they'll be healthy, healthier by the time, you know, they get there. And Whittle had a good piece about, um, you know, what the coach, what is the coaching staff going to do when guys like McGillis get back and LaCroix gets back and, and all that? Well, they're just going to go with the hot hand. Who, who's the best player? Oh, you know, we who, talked about that yesterday. The best of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I don't uh, I don't think you could realistically walk up to Braswell right now and say thanks, but you got to sit back on the bench. Like – no way. I mean, this kid's earned his time. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. So, yeah. But that's, yeah. uh, that's the deal there. By the way, Dallas Baptist is, is in the top 25 this week. If, uh, if anybody's, they have not lost in the month of April. Their last loss was on Friday, March the 31st at Louisiana Tech. Since then, undefeated. Um, so they've got, uh, they're, they're 31 and 9, 11 in the RPI. And, um, and trying to play their way into a uh, another host position, and we'll see what happens if they get there. I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, don't only got yeah. that can't be true. Two wins versus the RPI's top fifty. They don't necessarily hurt. play like the best yeah, just two. <laughs> well, they've got ten yeah. versus they got ten quad twos. So I mean, that's nice. I mean, but. Yeah, just two. Oh, well, I mean, they're going to need more than that, but they're 31 and nine. And uh, as I mentioned, they have, I don't know how many games in a row that is that they've won, but it's a, it's a freaking lot because <laughs> they haven't lost this month. So hats off to those guys. Anyways, but they have not played a quad one game all year. Well, no, they, they have. They've, oh. uh, they are, they are, okay, so they're, well, they're, so they just got bumped back a little. They're thirteenth in the in WarrenNolan.com. Uh they are two and four in quad one opportunities. And I don't know who those wins are against. Let's see. Uh they're 0 and three against Southern Miss. So there's four there's three of their four losses. Uh Oklahoma State 0 and four. They beat Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They came back and beat them. Twice. Yeah, that's it. They only played six quad one opportunities, and they only have 
Uh, they've got four left as of now. One of them's Oklahoma, and th- three of them are against UTSA, who's really good, Texas San Antonio. At Roadrunner Field, one of the great uh, names in sports and mm-hmm. one of the great characters ever, the Roadrunner. <laughs> me, me. Yeah. Wiley Coyote's nemesis. <laughs> yeah. I was talking to – and I know well, we got to go. We got uh, Sawyer coming up. But I was talking to Blake Cooper this morning. And he said, how about this? He said, here's my prediction for you. Coastal is a couple of losses away from not being a they, – they're, you know, their margin for error is very thin. Uh, no offense to them at all. It's, it's just very thin because of how many Q1 opportunities they get. So they're a couple of losses away from – they are surely a top eight national seed if it ended today. Absolutely, of course, a top 16. But if they fall out of the top eight and they're in the top 16, Coop said, my prediction is in Carol, if Carolina stays in the top eight, that they'll tie Conway and Columbia together. And you could potentially see Coastal and South Carolina in another super regional. But this time, of course, it would be at Founders Park. That yeah. would be something. Hmm. So we'll see. Long way to go, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, we are painted black. Painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. If you're in Georgia or South Carolina, they are licensed and insured. And our buddy Tristan still, he is the man and he runs an outstanding, outstanding business. Anything in the world that you need painted, that's where you want to go. A couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. So your next up next, somebody is going to win a ticket to the Carolina Rise live event in Columbia on Thursday. Hang tight to find out who. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Oh, oh. 
don't you know, no, no. From the littlest trick to the big old cock, you can get it. There goes the West. Danny Hill. He'll run. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks of the Show, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team about how to bring some more sunshine into your life this summer. And, of course, the first hour of the show is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Colwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with her for your, all of your upstate residential real estate needs. And for some reason, we've lost JC, but I'm sure he'll be back <laughs> from the People's Republic of uh, Chicago land. Yeah, they heard and him. We're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Sawyer Nix for our Mental Edge this week. Good morning, Sawyer. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. And our ticket giveaway. Right? That's true. That's true. We are giving away a ticket. Yeah, I have the yeah. winner here. Well, we should we wait on... Uh... I was going to wait to see if JC happened to come back. Is he? Do you think that the guy in Chicago heard him, or the guy that's in right. like that son of a? Someone cut his cable. Uh, we'll show him. Yeah. Oh, you want to say something better? Yeah, he might really be in North Korea for all for all I know. The mafia. The mafia. Yeah, you that's don't it. know up there. That 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 Chicago crime. I was watching a thing on it the other night. It's that's yeah, embarrassing. Those people should be embarrassed that they let that stuff happen. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. It's kind of nuts. unbelievable. Uh, well, Sawyer, so we do have the winner, um, and I, I don't want to make people wait around too long. So we told them when we were going to come back, we would go ahead and and give a ticket away. So I'll uh, just step back and and let you two gentlemen take it from here. Somebody is going to head to Columbia's uh, location of Home Team Barbecue in Five Points and meet some Gamecocks. I will. I think uh, let's do it this way. So you're pulling up the email now because, of course, we were asked to see what options we would want to see or, you know, what the topics we would like to discuss on right. for future Mental Edge segments. And, of course, the one that won is from Clint. Chat box hey! of Morrison. Yay! I think a discussion regarding concussions and the impact on life after sports would be interesting, which is awesome. I think so too, Clint. We should definitely talk about that in the future. Well, and him and did Craig already know that or was he? Craig is like psychic or something. It's funny. <laughs> Either that or he's in my inbox. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Did did somebody did Craig pick the winner? No. Is Craig is Craig in on something I don't know about? Do he I need to go be. through I Craig from here I think on he's, out? Yeah, yeah. Craig has definitely uh, got a finger on the pulse of this thing, man. Ever since he decided that he could go and was going to show up and not just use the rain check package. <laughs> All right. He's been on it. Yeah. <laughs> there you I go. I love it. It's going to be a whole chat box reunion down there on Thursday. It'll be nice. And you're going to be there as well, too, so you're right. I will. I will be there in flesh and bones. I'll be there in person. So looking forward to meeting everyone that will be there at the Columbia event. Unfortunately, J.D., I won't be able to 
come down to your your neck of the woods, but maybe another time. Oh, uh, it's all right. It's it's all good. So, how does Clint claim this ticket? Just so we know. Well, I think we just need to make sure he's on the list. Oh, so. okay. All right. Yeah, we'll make sure he gets past the velvet rope there, getting into a uh, home team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh by the way uh clint uh in case you were unaware uh jakai moore uh and uh trey jones are the bouncers for this event so if you say anything stupid they're gonna <laughs> kick your yeah. ass and we'll get through that yeah <laughs> <laughs> they went back through all your tweets and looked for anything that you had to say about any of their teammates so you might get a little, a couple of bumps and bruises before you actually make it into the barbecue. But nonetheless, you'll be there. Uh, so congratulations. Well, that's awesome. That's uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so what was the question that he was asking? He was asking about the concussions and the impact on, of, uh, on life after sports, which is interesting. It is interesting. Um, I know CTE is something, right, uh, Sawyer, that cannot be diagnosed Except for post mortem, am I correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, what is that? Do you are you familiar with any of that? Um, I, I'm a little bit familiar with some. I'll have to do some more digging. Um, I know certainly you know about CTE and, and and things like that a little bit, but I don't have extensive knowledge into uh, that. It's been I'll have to uh, do a little digging. Um, and add add my knowledge, what I know, to what I can what I can find out. But so that may be a, a topic, perhaps uh, in the summer. I'll bring that up and give it give it a good go at it. So combine combine my knowledge and expertise with some research I come across. So. Well, I I actually I think one of the things that's interesting on that topic is how far we've come because there was a time, and mentally I'm still here with a lot of this in life, just how I was raised, where you just brush it off and move on. And like, that's, that's just kind of how life was in sports in America for a long time in football, baseball, it didn't matter what it was, you know, right. you, you got there and you get banged up. I mean, you know, there's the phrase rub some dirt on it. Didn't come out of nowhere. Like that's literally what you did. You kind of rub some dirt on it and get your rear end back out there and keep playing because that's what mattered. But in, uh, what do you, what would y'all think? 20, the last 20 years or so, maybe, it's really become – I mean, you see it all the time. If there's even a question of something, you're coming out of the game. You're coming right. out of the game. I, man, I don't even know about 20. I'd say 10, maybe. Yeah, you might, you're might. you probably right. Yeah, maybe on the concussion front. Yeah, it's probably only been about a decade for sure. Yeah. Well, and I, I, think, I, think there's a, I think there's multiple parts to that. I think one part of it is that uh, athletes have – and sorry, you correct me where I'm wrong here, but I, I, it just looks athletes have have become much more educated on everything that is that is post this. Oh yeah, J- right. JC had an appointment, Phil. Remember, he had to jump off for that thing. I did, it just hit me too. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot about um, that. <laughs> so, yeah, I forgot about it too. So, um, so uh, a- athletes they 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 they're started to become information and evidence that yes. there are real issues. So they started to be a little bit more careful with it, a little bit more understanding of, of what could be afterwards, they're, they're, how it affects their lives with their children and their spouse and their family, their everyday lives and just working, enjoying retirement, whatever it may be. But then there's another side to this too, 
um, that's a little bit more touchy, and that's that's the issue of money because there are lawsuits flying all over the world on on this subject and topic. Basically, you didn't protect me. Now I'm suing you. Might be 20 years later or 30 years later or 10 years later, but I'm suing you. So it's certainly changed a lot, but but the way we think about it mentally has, has definitely helped in that. Well, I would even broaden that out. I mean, you mentioned education. Um, financially, you know, you still have some players go through their their initial contract and blow the money, but now there's a lot more examples of whether it's concussions, whether it's knee injuries, whether it's leg injuries, whether it's um, uh, financial, again, contracts. You know, players are having a lot more resources uh, at their fingertips to decide, do I continue Do I continue to be a third string and, and work around the league and try and make a roster or have I put in my time and I need to move on and I want to enjoy quality of life with family. And, and I think that's a – that's a you mentioned that earlier, I guess, in yesterday's segment with uh, Coach Lee. I mean, what what are what are we chasing? And I think players now have that much more information to make those decisions. Do they want to continue trying to make a name for themselves in whatever league they're playing in? You know, here we're kind of more the NFL and take a beating, or do you take the third string clipboard quarterback? You know, and, and get a big check there. Um, it, you know, a lot of decisions to be made. I think Major League Baseball, certainly they make the money. I would not want their schedule, though. I mean, they start, you know, spring ball, what, March? Uh, and they're going through potentially October. I mean, that's just, to me, that's no quality of life, uh, playing that many games. And even if I was getting a great deal of money, I don't know if I would I would trade that. You know, if you cut, trim the schedule down some, you know, start – Start in April, go April or September or something like that. But just, you know, players have to make decisions about so many things now. And, and CTE is one of those. And there's more resources. And, and we are our best resource. You know, insurance people will tell you that. It's not, you know, necessarily other assets. You are your number one asset. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to enjoy life and take care of your family. Well, you, you're, you're referencing the baseball schedule, aren't you? Well, yeah, yeah. baseball schedule. Yeah, um, that's what that's what I figured. Yeah, well, so they added uh, two years ago, somewhere in there, they added two extra weeks of off days throughout the season, which people are like, "Well, that's no big deal." Well, it is. It's a bigger. It, it is a big deal. Like I, I'm not. T- I'm not saying this isn't directed at you, right? Uh, or, I'm, I'm saying that there were so many. There are 162 games packed in, like there's always been. Yeah. So it you know when you add in two extra weeks of off days, it is a big deal. That's a, that's half a month, um, right. you know, days where they get off. But you got to start a little earlier. You're going to have to finish a little bit later. And remember, the playoffs are longer. I mean, I've got a, a boatload of friends, obviously, who've played in the big leagues, um, and it's and it's really there is no um, there's no real consensus on number of games. I mean, guys that. I know very well or like, I mean, 162 is fine. I don't, I do, it doesn't bother me. And then there's other guys who are like, they need to probably trim it down to about 150 or 140. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think there's really a consensus on it. I, I, I don't know what's best for the sport. I mean, I'm, I've grown up around 162, so I'm fine with it, but I don't play in big leagues. So 
You know, I don't know. I, I think 150 is probably where they tr- realistically need to be. You keep that extra off week or two in there, um, Sawyer. And then you pull, you pull 12 games, which pulls two weeks. So you're trimming your season by almost a month. Right. Well, yeah. and every now and then you'll see a guy not even make it to the ballpark. You'll see, well, the coach cut them loose for a day, you know, and not only are they not on the dress list if they're an infielder, but sometimes you won't see them at the park. And that doesn't happen normally, but every now and then you'll, you'll see that. And, of course, there could be some deeper personal things going on. But, um, yeah, so. Yeah. I do see in the Nana Sports chat box here, Tay uh, asks, speaking of player injuries, who was the uh, Gamecock that broke his hand punching a wall several years ago? Yardcock, baseball player. Um, golly. Mm. Who was that? I'm not sure. I want to say it was Aaron Rawl, but I, I don't think I'm right about it. I do know this. In 06 or 08. I don't know, somewhere in there. We were playing Georgia, and one of my best friends, Mike Sisko, he 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 had a great game, but he he had an inning that he just wasn't through, just wasn't spotting, and just I mean, it's not like he got beat up. I think he gave up like two runs on three hits or something, and that was about all for the game. But he walked into the dugout, and the camera was right on him as the game was on TV. I think it was the 06 Supers, maybe, and uh, the camera was right on him, and he punched himself in the head. <laughs> i'll never forget it because today i'm like dude do you realize you you punched yourself on national television you idiot like <laughs> when there's cameras in the ballpark you can't do that stupid crap but he did yeah. uh but that didn't affect his brain his brain was shot long before that but um it still is but anyways yeah i think it was i'm with chris i think that was aaron rawl but I can't remember. All right, JC's back. I need hey, to do my job here and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Aaron Rawl. He walked in and he punched the uh, the wall or punched the bench. But anyway. All right, so Aaron JC Rall was tough. Yeah. yeah, he was tough. <laughs> I saw him at. Um, he was. Oh no, you know where he was? Last time I saw him was at the Big Spur Golf Tournament last year. He was playing oh, with uh, Garris Gantz and those guys and. Rawl can play. And then Garris Gantz teed up and drove the green. I mean, Garris Gantz is like Superman of golf. It's ridiculous what he does. Garris mm-hmm. Gantz could knock the ball into next year, too. Oh, God. That dude. And when you talk to him, he's so, like, soft-spoken. You're like, how does all that power come out? And then you get, wow. It's just well, so is Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, but Garris talk- didn't. Garrett doesn't bite. Tyson on the phone. You don't think he's much. Well, I just want to tell you this right now. I'll, I'll eat your children. I'll bite your ear off, Andrew. I'll tell you this right now. Yeah. You gotta get with, with my Tyson. He bought a tiger for God's sake. And probably the tiger scared crapless of him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, train my tiger to, to, to do what I say. JC, before we let uh, before we let Sawyer run here, because we we got. Um, we got uh, Michael Bratton coming up, so we want to make sure we're on time with him since he's out of market. Um, do you want to uh, pass along any congratulations to Clint? Or yeah, just... here, Clint can't make the event though. Oh no! Uh, so oh. we're going to send him a rain check package, and the first person to email 
inside the game guys at gmail.com that would like to come to the event uh, that needs a ticket, that ticket's yours. So I'll, oh. I'll double up. I'll double up since Sawyer Sawyer bought the ticket. So that's going to go to Clint's uh, package. But I'll be willing to give a free one to somebody that wants to come uh, to the event. Uh, Clint's in the upstate. Clint's also very uh, quick. He wins yeah. all of our, uh, you know, we're not going to disqualify him yet. Well, Janet, Janet, the chap, I was like, quit trying to rob him of his earnings inside, <laughs> inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. So the first mm. email will get that ticket. Sawyer, thank you for doing that, by the way. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, very much. And by the way, well, Sawyer, I got your text, and yes, I need help setting up. So if you can be at home team, <laughs> uh, try to make it around 2 uh, on, on uh, Thursday, that'd be great. <laughs> but I'll, I'll follow up with you. Somebody <laughs> impregnated Clint. That's why he can't come. Oh, oh, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, these guys. What's wrong with them? <laughs> Sawyer, uh, thank you so much, man. Enjoy the uh, the event on uh, Thursday, and really appreciate what you did for whomever ends up getting it. We'll make sure you know who they are. All right, sounds great. Look forward to seeing you, um, Phil. Are you going to be there? Oh no! Unfortunately, I will not. I can't make either event. I'm very upset about it. But no, he's right. not. He, he doesn't. He, he didn't want to help okay. set up. You're the only rookie so, yeah. that fell into that trap. So <laughs> see it. See it. Seven a.m. on Thursday. <laughs> I do enough of Casey and JB's grunt work. I'm not showing up for this thing. <laughs> no, Phil, Phil, and I, Phil and I have to work and stay and do this thing. JC gets to hang out all day. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. no. <laughs> all right. Thanks, bud. All right. Yep, have a good rest of the week. I'll see you all next week, except for JC, who I'll see on Thursday. There you go. All right. Thank you. 12.01 on this Tuesday afternoon, though, inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Company. Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast, up next. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer it's really good southern cuisine based out of charlotte my hometown i hope you guys go check it out go cox and go nanas are you looking to buy a new home kevin o'connell with union home mortgage is a local mortgage expert and gamecocks fan servicing north and south carolina whether you're buying a home building your dream home with new construction or turning your equity into cash uhm's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals call kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit uhm.com today union home mortgage is an equal housing lender NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. 
Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John and his team to talk about how they can bring some sunshine into your life this summer. And we are joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than Michael Bratton. Happy to have you back, Mike. Good to see you. I know we got... uh, off season right now, but uh, <laughs> we just had some spring What's games. Going on? Football to talk about, and we always love to get a thirty thousand foot view of uh, our program from somebody <laughs> looks at it nationally. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. All right, Mike. This is my first time talking to you, so uh, sorry I'm not looking at the camera right now. I'm trying to write something, but uh, yeah, really appreciate your time. And um, it is. We're all done with spring games, right? They're all done. Is there anybody in the that... SEC? At least that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I didn't think there was anybody left out there. Um, I, I, I just look, man. We we've talked about this for weeks here. Uh, it's it's hard to get a gauge of of anybody in the spring in the SEC. It really is. But I mean, I guess you can learn a little bit about somebody here and there. We're certainly going to hit plenty on the Gamecocks with you today. But as you kind of took a drive around the SEC and everything that you saw. Was there really one thing, big thing, that you think will carry over into a real conversation in, into August? Yeah, I mean, I'm about ready to put Billy Napier on the hot seat after watching that spring game. I mean, that was yeah. just pathetic. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I'm right there with Lane Kiffin. What, you know, it was 7-7 seven to seven late in the game. And, I mean, this is awful, awful football. And this is, this is the Florida Gators we're talking about here. Year two, we saw what Josh Heupel – Shane Beamer, um, Lane Kiffin, you know, these guys have taken huge steps in year two. Heck, Brian Kelly just did it in his first year. Uh, no, no reason that Florida should not be much better in year two under Billy Napier, but it, I don't think they will be. I think they're, they look like they're worse, if, if that's even possible. Is there like a ceiling to them in your mind right now? Like a win ceiling? Uh, no, I mean, honestly, I don't really – I'm not big into the projections and things of that nature, specifically with win totals and things like that. But I would say just knowing what I know at this point in time, I would say they're an underdog in seven, if not eight games this fall. Oh, that would. A Utah opener is brutal. Yeah. Don't you is. think going to, I mean, not many people know the Rice Eccles stadium is a tough place to play. You can ask people in the pac 12. I mean, their Jeez. fans get after it. It's kind of a, Smaller bowl type stadium, mm-hmm. uh, seats about sixty thousand. Mm. Probably a lot like probably a lot like playing at Ole Miss. 
uh, except it's a little more raked, so the fans are kind of right on top of you. I've been there before, uh, many moons ago when I went to the All Poly Camp in Salt Lake City over the summer. I went by Rice Eccles, and there's a selfie of me on my Facebook page in front of the stadium. <laughs> Go Utes, right? Yeah, yeah, bro. But um, that's a tough place to play. I mean, those of us around the SEC don't realize that. And I'm sure Utah is not too pleased with how things went down at the Swamp last year. No. Uh, so – Guarantee you. So, so, Michael, about the Gators, I mean, obviously, I think they were planning on Graham Mertz maybe being the pseudo-starter to the begin with and, and moving on to Rashada pretty quick. Well, mm-hmm. now they don't have a Rashada. I mean, it's it's the Graham Mertz or who, – who's the guy they got from Ohio State, Jack Miller? Yeah. Yep. Well, he's not he's mm-hmm. not all that good. Um, so, uh, I know they've, they're good at running back. I know their offensive line kind of is a revolving door. Uh, they lost Xavier Henderson, their, who I think had the chance to be one of their breakout receivers. They still got the kid from Arizona State. Just making uh, room, but, JC. They're, they're leading receiver. Yeah. They're, they're just making room. But I mean, I hear, I hear that they don't know what they're going to do on defense either, because a lot of their good defensive players have have left, including a DN that started their last six games last year. Yeah, well, they hired a 28-year-old, so that's problem solved right there. You know what I mean? I mean, they look good in the spring game. I'll give them that. And the fact that Nick Saban brought him in to be uh, his linebackers coach, that, that does tell you something. But Nick Saban, last I checked, he had a defensive coordinator opening this offseason. He could have named Austin Armstrong. He didn't. He named him linebackers coach. So you, you also can't sell me on that Florida's got a defensive coordinator that Alabama really wanted because they didn't want him as defense coordinator. They want him as a linebackers coach. So what are the 600 off-field coaches that Napier hired down there doing? Like, what is their purpose? Or staffers, I should say. Uh, I would imagine, you know, tweets and graphics and uh, probably do, cleaning the cleats. And, the things uh, win games. They're not coaching the quarterbacks, I'll tell you that. Uh, so, I, no, I don't know what in, the, what in the heck they're doing do you, down there. Do you think Billy Napier's offense – puts them at an advantage with him calling plays. Cause I, I have a feeling, a bad feeling for them. And I've always thought Napier was a pretty good play caller. I, 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 I don't know that it's his actual play calls, but his system at Louisiana, it's the system. It's, it's run quarterback run heavy a bit. It's not that crazy dynamic. It's, it's a little conservative. Uh, you know, you saw what happened at Clemson when they punted him. Uh, and, and brought in Chad Morris that changed their program. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 for Florida, and every school has a DNA, Mike, as you know. Florida fans, they don't want to win games ten to seven. No. They want to win games. They'd rather win a game fifty three forty two than win a game uh, twenty to three. <laughs> Just because of who coach. When they've been great, they've always had a dynamic offense. Yeah. Do you think that that system can get it done? I mean, I, yeah, I guess it can because it's not quite the same, but uh, clearly, you know, he's trying to build it up like Alabama under Nick Saban, like Georgia under Kirby Smart. But, again, I don't understand that logic. We've seen that at Tennessee. We've seen that at South Carolina. How are you going to beat the Kings at the, uh, the top of the mountain doing what they do with inferior talent? Now, if you could snap your fingers and Florida could have Georgia's roster and Georgia has Florida's roster, then we're working with something. But until Kirby Smart gets lazy on the recruiting trail, and that, that he's one of these guys I think he's going to, you know, his last phone call it won't even be to his children. It'll be to a recruit, you know, before he passes away 
when he's 85 <laughs> and Georgia's head coach and, and Nick Saban the same way. These guys are not going to let up before they are done. So, yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, I I can't remember off the top of my head, but Billy Napier, I think, was 18-3 and three in one-score games at Louisiana. I mean, that's that's coaching right there. And that was a stat I was pointing to all offseason. Come into week one, Utah's a one-score game. They pull the upset. I was, I was thinking, my God, they got themselves a coach. But, you know, his system kind of lends itself to close games. I mean, South Florida was a close game. They were god-awful. Every game is is low-scoring, defense, run the ball. Maybe that's why he's winning all these one-score games because it don't matter what the other team has. It's it's He's keeping them within reach. He's not scoring a ton of points. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. Last time I checked, that's not a very popular scheme down there in Gainesville. Well, yeah, no. you know, and they, they brought him in for recruiting. Everybody said Mullen couldn't recruit. Mullen recruited in the top ten. It was the latter part of the top ten. He wasn't at the level of Georgia or Bama, but I, I thought Dan was a good enough coach to where if they could get close talent-wise, and, and he proved this, he could compete with Alabama. He competed with Alabama twice uh, and could compete uh, with Georgia, you know. Um, I remember pandemic year. I'm sitting there looking and watching the Florida-Georgia games. Florida had 38 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, against those guys now but, but see but they brought brought napier in to recruit and he brought an army of people in there to recruit and they've allegedly all this nil money well last year let's look at the team rankings penn state 13th florida 14 a&m 15 south carolina 16 very little difference between you know penn state's class florida's class a&m south carolina michigan uh that's a good class don't get me wrong and i think they've done some good things in the portal but you know, where is where where are the top five classes like Urban Meyer brought in or even Ron Zook uh, that got that roster going? I, I just don't see it. Yeah, Florida, yeah. They used to recruit themselves. Like it's it used Florida. to recruit itself. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. All right. Uh, I, I'm with Craig here, though. Enough about no more the gators. Jort, I'm enough sorry. Enough about the jort wearing <laughs> that's gators. A, that's a topic I like to get <laughs> sorry. into a little bit. Sorry, just Craig. I, it we, fascinates me that that program is so hard to win at. And, and I think at this point we got to say it is. It's a hard, it's a hard job, harder than it should be. I don't know why, but they've yeah. they've recycled through coaches for. I mean, two coaches have won there ever, and they're two Hall of Famers. Well, Lane Kiffin will win big down there in two years. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, boy. There you go. I I, di- I disagree with you. I think that Kiffin is Bama's next guy. I think he's the only guy who could who could handle it after saving. Hmm. Well. I don't know how Saban will feel about that. He's probably not the one making the decision, but if he is, that that (laughs) sure as hell is not going to happen. All right. How do you define a dark horse in the SEC? Uh, Well, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw, we just talked about that, but we kind of, we just took the, the favorites off the board essentially. So Georgia and Tennessee, in our minds, those are the favorites in the East, Alabama and LSU in the West. So we basically said anybody else on the table, a legitimate shot to win, you know, an SEC, a playoff spot berth, kind of like Tennessee did last year. They had, they had that opportunity until uh, they came down there and heard Sandstorm. But, um, yeah, I, this, that's kind of how we looked at it. So who are they? Uh, well, for – Certainly, I mean, I'll suck up to your audience here for a second. If Spencer <laughs> Rattler plays like he did late in the season, that's that's the answer. I mean, because I don't – hell, I think they could beat Georgia if he plays like that. Now, the problem with Spencer Rattler, and 
I've been one of his biggest defenders and I've sung his praises. I've never buried the guy, but if you're going to be completely uh, objective, he has been wildly inconsistent. And this is not just at South Carolina. We can't just blame it all on Marcus Satterfield. Uh, this happened at Oklahoma too. He got benched a couple of times at Oklahoma. And the first time he responded incredibly well. The second time, obviously he, he lost his job, but he lost it to probably the best player in the country. So that's, there's no real shame in that, but that's kind of, I wouldn't go with South Carolina just because I don't know that we can get that consistent performance out of Spencer Rattler week in and week out in this new offense. Let's hope we can. If we can, that'll be the answer. But uh, for me, out of the East, I went with Missouri, believe it or not. I think Missouri, uh, Not that, again, I'm not sitting here projecting them to win the East or something. I'm not crazy, but they do got a lot coming back. I love the defense. Number one returning defensive production in the SEC if they can nail the quarterback position, this that's going to be a dangerous team, I think. And then out of the West, A&M was kind of an easy pick, so I didn't go with them. I went with Ole Miss because I am such a big Lane Kiffin fan, and he just always seems to uh, – wherever I project them, they, they exceed those expectations. Hearing great things about Jackson Dart in year two in that system. Uh, Judkins, I think, is the best running back in the SEC. Pete Golding. I think it was a major, major upgrade at defensive coordinator. That's not to say Ole Miss is going to be some elite defense, but they just need to not be pathetic, and uh, maybe they can finish the deal this year. Yeah, I remember you liked Missouri last year, and even though they didn't – I mean, they weren't great, but they beat South Carolina, they beat Arkansas. You called them in the preseason to beat Auburn, and by God, I'm sitting there watching that game, Mike, thinking about you when Auburn miraculously won it on that fumble. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Bratton man. called this August 1st, okay? You know, I think it was one of our first shows. All-American kicker it. missed a 20-yard yeah. oh. field goal, would have won the game. And like you said, now I understand you get the ball batted out from under you, that happens. The guy was untouched and dropped the damn football in the end zone, touchback, lost the game. I mean, that's a game of inches, I guess, but I, I felt cursed that day. <laughs> so you are a um, man. <laughs> Alabama. All right. So the Georgia quarterback uh, situation. I think. I think Carson Beck's got it. Alabama's quarterback situation. Uh, I think Ty. I personally think Ty Simpson's going to win the job. He got hurt in the spring game, but Milrose intriguing. They got a new OC. What do you make of that situation at Bama? I mean, I just love that the excuses are coming already for Ty Simpson. I mean, by God, he one bad performance. Oh, well, he was injured. I mean, I guess, you know, there, there's some truth to that, I guess. But uh, I don't know why that had to be shared all over social media this week. But, no, I, I came out thinking the opposite. I mean, I think Jalen Milrow looked like the better quarterback to me. But that's not saying much because you know, they're not bad quarterbacks by any stretch, but they were – Interested in Drake May before spring and exiting spring, they were interested in Miami's Tyler Van Dyke. So what does that tell you? Nick Saban thinks injury or not, you know, this <laughs> they were interested in both these guys before Ty Simpson suffered this alleged injury. So uh no, I don't think they have the the quarterbacks to win the SEC to win the national championship, and that's the only goal down there at Alabama. And um man, they've been slipping for a little while. I mean, people think I'm crazy when I say that, but it's evident to me. I don't know why it's not evident to everybody else. That doesn't mean they're they're going to be garbage or terrible or anything like that. But this is just not the dominant force in the SEC anymore. And and 
clearly they've ceded that to Georgia. So I don't even consider Alabama the favorite to win the West. Speaking of garbage, uh, A&M. <laughs> no, no offense to Jimbo. But five and seven last year and just two wins in the league. Is there – can you think of a coach – I mean, he, we know he's on the quote-unquote hot seat, right? And I'm not like a big hot seat guy, Mike. I don't, I don't get into a lot of these conversations because you just don't really ever know how it's going to work. But we, we've heard it. We know what's going on down there. He needs to win football games. They're, they're not going to – they fire you for going eight and five. They're sure as hell going to fire you for going five and seven. So – but can you think of anything that is comparable to what was expected of him as a coach from what we've seen historically 20-plus years in the SEC? Oh, this guy is a surefire home run, bang, bang. And then it just literally falls apart in front of our eyes. We hear about all this NIL stuff. I and mean, there's a lot of stuff going on down there except for the, you know, winning the games part. Hmm. Well, yeah, you're asking the right person because Tennessee's hired about five of them that I can think of. <laughs> uh, Muschamp, I mean, he was an epic disaster at Florida. I mean, he had the one good year. Uh, everybody at Alabama hired before Saban was a disaster. But, yeah, not to – None that I can think of that uh, they literally gave him a national championship trophy and said, fill in the date to be determined because, right. my, my God, the, the, I mean, they're not even the best team in the state of Texas, it doesn't seem like, annually. So, yeah, they're they're about a million miles away from that. But thankfully, or at least fingers crossed, everything I'm hearing, uh, we're going to do away with uh, Jimbo Fisher and his Cheesecake Factory playbook air on the sidelines looking like he's <laughs> – doing his taxes or something and uh because I, I just have no faith in Jimbo Fisher to call plays and run an offense and and coach up a quarterback I mean he's not done it effectively since Jameis Winston and you could say that was effective but I would also argue things off the field were a train wreck there as well so uh yeah I mean I I'm just I'm thankful if I'm an A&M fan that we've taken that out of his hands giving it to Bobby Petrino Yep. Speaking of uh, not trusting someone off the field, right. as long as Bobby Petrino doesn't get fired between now and the season, I mean, I think A&M is looking at a significantly better offensive production team this year, and they have all the pieces. I mean, they should be an SEC contender. I'm not, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but uh, you could talk me into A&M winning the West. You could talk me just as easily and then being dead last again. We're going to see uh... – Joe here, we're going to see Petrino leading the team out of the tunnel this year on his motorcycle. Joe, Joe hear about that? <laughs> <laughs> They've also I, I just found out. How he was when he found out uh, there are no girl cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> oh I just my found gosh! Out, they've hired uh, Jim Cheney down there too. I didn't realize that till recently. But uh, really, I mean, they're they're just collecting all the bad coaches down there. <laughs> what is what's Cheney doing? What what is his role? Offensive analyst. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the sort of rehab than what Nick Saban's running down there in uh, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, what about Auburn? I mean, where's Auburn falling? Mm, I mean, they're, they're still in the cellar. According to, I mean, you see Hugh Freeze right after the spring game, right? What do you need, Hugh? We need quarterbacks. We need <laughs> offensive line. We'll take some receivers. We can use some defensive linemen, maybe some linebackers. And hell, I mean, what else you got to, you know, and they've not added anybody that I'm aware of. Um, now they're, they're kind of in a similar boat as Florida, but they're, they're, I guess a year ahead, if you want to say that, because Billy Napier wasted last year, but, uh, just a total rebuild. And I, 
I, I, I really despise Hugh Freeze. I got to be honest with you. As a person, I, I think he's overrated as a coach, but he is a good coach. He's not elite. He's basically Gus Malzahn with baggage is what I call him. So I think Auburn is going to get back to being Auburn to where they'll have fantastic seasons and then they'll go six and six and then they'll go 10 and two and then they'll go five and seven and then they'll go undefeated. I mean, that's what I predict will happen for Auburn. Well, yeah, nothing that doesn't happen to Auburn all the time. <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, that's just kind of crazy. Uh all right, so we've talked about just about everybody except Mississippi State. Um, good move, bad move by Zach Harnett going to a uh, the App State offense, which you know puts up numbers, but it's it's a lot different than uh, what uh, what uh, the Pirate was running, um, you know. Yeah. And, and Will Rogers, yeah, I, I'll do this in two parts too. So Mississippi State thinks Will, Will Rogers is going to be better this year in this new system. I have my doubts. Uh, I don't think he'll get the numbers. Maybe he'll be better. Arkansas fans are over the moon that K.J. Jefferson in Dan Enos' system is going to be better, and I just don't know that I agree with that, Mike. I I think he was pretty good in what Kendall Bryles wanted to do. Enos is a little bit different. What say you? Well, every coaching change is an upgrade, J.C. You've been doing this long enough to know that. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, it depends on who you ask. I mean, some people love Dan Eno, some people hate him. And he certainly did not have a, a good exit from Alabama, I'll tell you that. Um, and, and if you're yeah. – of course, Nick Saban's a demanding guy last time I checked. So uh, he did get some work done down there in Tuscaloosa. But, uh, you know, I like Dan Enos. I, I think – I didn't realize this, but um, I, I don't know if it was his final year or, or the, the – I think it was the next to last year he had – at Arkansas, I'm a big believer in, in these efficiency numbers. And Arkansas, despite being eight and five, according to uh, Bill Connolly's efficiency numbers, uh, Arkansas had the number one most efficient offense in the country, which is that's hard to believe. And, and, and that was that was the last year Sam Pittman was the O line coach and Dan Enos was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. So obviously, if you can recapture that magic, it's going to be a, a hell of a hire. Now, what will they do after KJ leaves? I mean, that is a different story because I think KJ is the best quarterback in the SEC. So um, I, I think even if Enos is terrible, I think they'll still be productive uh, this season on, on that side because they have such a good quarterback and a good running back. But uh, as as far as Mississippi State, speaking of A and M, I mean, it was that that Appy State that got them, and that that started the ball rolling for A uh, and M having a horrible year. They went into College Station and beat them. So that's really the only game I watched of Appalachian State, but uh, they looked good in that one. And I, I liked what I saw in the spring game. But and I love Mike Leach. Heck, if you can see it here, we got you know honor Mike Leach every day on my show here with his book and everything. But the seek uh, little known secret, I guess people don't watch Mississippi State football enough, but. It was the offense that was holding them back the last couple of years. It was not great. It was the defense that was kind of keeping that thing together. And the fact that Zach Arnett comes in here and basically blows up the entire offensive staff and he hired a bunch of people. Now, he didn't hire his buddies. A lot of these coaches that get this job, they hire these guys they GA'd with or they knew they went to school with or yada, yada, yada. Zach Arnett went out and hired quality assistants that he's got no connection to. I think – 
Both of those things are great signs for Mississippi State. They have a lot of talent down there, particularly at the receiver position. Unfortunately, uh, one of their key ones hit the portal is now plays in uh, Athens, Georgia. But uh, they have a lot of talent down there at skill position, and they just weren't getting them the ball in Mike Leach's system. So I like this move. But to your point about Will Rogers, it's very interesting that they went into the portal and added Mike Wright from Vanderbilt. And I certainly don't think Mike Wright is good enough to, to unseat Will Rogers. But you could not get two more different quarterbacks than Will Rogers and Mike Wright. So I'm shaking my head at what in the heck they're thinking there. Either there's aspects of this offense, they, they must not feel comfortable Will Rogers can run uh, because Mike, Mike Wright is an outstanding athlete, but he's not a very accurate passer. I mean, their skill sets are so different. That, that's going to be one of the, the biggest mysteries for me this season is, is what they were thinking with that. And I have to think they have a plan for Mike Wright. I'm very curious to see what this offense looks like in Starkville. Nine and four last year, Mississippi State, and they uh, they open with Southeastern Louisiana and Arizona. Should be two and zero, oh, I would think, before getting LSU and then hitting the road for Columbia to take on the Gamecocks. You mentioned those quarterbacks. What it just uh, as a from a from a top down view and looking at the the QBs in the league, uh, your your thoughts collectively on that group compared to last year, but also just standing on their own two feet this year. Yeah, I, I still have not done a full breakdown on some of the transfers, so I can't speak on the whole SEC, but I have started to watch Devin Leary from NC State, and yep. I think he's an upgrade over Will Levis. I, I was never a Will Levis guy. I mean, he was, a, he was a fine prospect. I just thought this was all overrated hype. We'll find out Thursday how right I was, but, uh, I mean, Certainly Kentucky was awful on offense last year, so feel a little vindicated there. So I, th- I think Kentucky can upgrade. Um, like I said, I think KJ is, is great. Uh, Jaden Daniels at LSU is another really good one who it sounds like he's taking his game to that next level. Year two is always good for uh, quarterbacks staying in the same system with a new team. Spencer Rattler, we have to throw into that mix again. I, I don't want to just repeat myself, but he can be that number one if he can be – more consistent. Uh, but I guess going back to some of the teams I don't feel as good about, Florida, Auburn, I mean, I don't know what they have at quarterback. Uh, Texas A&M is another one where I, I like their options. But, again, they they Jimbo Fisher has made the wrong decision at quarterback about three years in a row. If he makes a wrong one again, it's probably going to cost him his job. So th- there's a there's a blessing and a, and a curse to having two quality options at quarterback particularly if you have no idea which one to put on the field. <laughs> well, we haven't – outside of Rattler, we haven't asked him anything about South Carolina. Any of y'all want to take that or – Yeah, your, your thoughts on uh, what South Carolina needs to do to take another step this year. Obviously, you know, they're recruiting really well uh, in the top uh, top ten. And, you know, this is one of those classes, Mike, that you, you sort of look at it. Some, some, some teams are ranked highly right now with, you know, ten commits and – eight of them are three stars and you know eventually they'll go down south carolina it's the opposite there's more talent on the way uh i've kind of always thought the next step uh for shane beamer was to continue to get more and more blue chip high school players seems like they've done that so moving forward you know specific to this year and you know the recruiting's going well and all that but specific to this year how do they maintain the momentum they have right now uh, in your opinion, besides Spencer Rattler playing uh, consistent, because that is a big key. 
I, I mean, I think they have to be improved on both lines of scrimmage. And that's the biggest question I've got for South Carolina because it seems like in a lot of these games against upper echelon teams, they don't match up. They struggle to stop the run. They struggle to, to protect Spencer Rattler. And maybe it's not fair because, heck, nobody can stop Georgia, it seems like. But that game is, is flashing my head. I mean, he was just he was just getting harassed the entire time. Uh, I think that is the biggest concern I have because I love South Carolina all around that. Quarterback, receiver, tight end, they've upgraded significantly. Great yeah. secondary, in my opinion. The best special teams in the SEC. Great home field advantage, top five in the SEC, in my opinion. So, I mean, they have got many of the ingredients you want in taking that next step. But where everybody seemingly overlooks is the line of scrimmage. And I just don't know if South Carolina is there yet to be considered an SEC contender. That's, you know, go back to Tennessee. That's where they really took a step up What was the offensive line last year. And their, their offensive line was incredible. I mean, go, go back and watch the Alabama game. They, they completely made Will Anderson, who all we heard about for six months was, you know, he's the next Derek Thomas. He, I don't even think he had a, a tackle in the game because he was completely shut out by a dynamic offensive line. South Carolina needs something like that to happen to take that next step. I, I think, personally, if they want to get to nine wins, they need to book in their season with victories over ACC teams. I think that's really where, where it falls. I mean, you're going to lose games in the SEC. They're going to have to beat their Jacksonville States and the Furmans. But, Mike, starting with North Carolina and ending with Clemson, if they want to get above where they were last year, you got to book in the season by beating the ACC. Agree or disagree? Um, to get to nine wins, so we're saying here, how many SEC wins is that? Would that be four? Put them at put them at five. Uh, put them at five. Ooh. Yeah. No, I I don't. I would disagree with that because it, because that SEC gauntlet, so many tough games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they I think they have to do even better than that. You think they have to win? You think they have to win more than five in the SEC to get to nine? Is what you're saying? Well, I think they're going to have to pull a bunch of upsets. And yeah. Clemson, I don't know if that would be considered an upset anymore because I got no faith in old Dabo and his Jesus nil. I mean, that's that's clearly uh, you know careening off the off the bridge here. And then uh, North Carolina. I mean, I don't I don't know what they got. They got a quarterback. It's about all they got. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- those those would be all right wins. But, again, uh, I'm not sitting here looking at the schedule, but Georgia, is that's an incredibly difficult – at Tennessee, Kentucky, who, who they, they beat Kentucky last year, uh, but they've struggled mightily. They flipped the A&M series, but that, that was a historically awful A&M. Can they do that again? They right. can't beat Missouri for some damn reason. We, right. These are – we can't have we can't have all these losses to these bottom feeder teams. So, we, we, I think they've got to beat everybody in the bottom half of the SEC. That's that's what they've got to be consistent with and keeping these streaks going. That's I think the goal for South Carolina. Instead of uh, which I, I understand it, we all get fired up. Let's win nine. Let's win ten up. I'll give it to you. But I think the more realistic goal is to keep those streaks going and and, and reverse those trends, which. Those aren't on Shane Beamer. He's he's not the one racking up those losses. He's the one that's snapping these streaks, but he's got to turn them into streaks the opposite way. Uh, so I, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but that's kind of what, I, what I'm what i focusing on with the South Carolina Gamecocks. 
Well, e- either way, it doesn't matter how you say it or how I say it. They got to steal one or two on the road in order to do something like that. So, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't historically say stealing one at Missouri is stealing one, but as JC points out all the time, and you just did as well, they got to they got to beat those guys. Like you can't have the if you want to be a contender or at least talked about in that conversation, whether you contend or not, we'll find out. But if you want to be in the conversation to be a contender, you can't have four and five game losing streaks to teams that are named Kentucky, Missouri, et cetera, et cetera. So point well made. I and and I, th- I think arguably the biggest, well, this is not the right way to say it, but I, I think the game you cannot overlook if you're South Carolina is Mississippi State. Because I think everybody yep. is going to anticipate you lose to Georgia. And not everybody's going to have you anticipating losing at Tennessee after you just destroyed them. But, you know, Neyland Stadium, that's a tough place to play. I think fans will forgive you. But if you drop at one in, in the middle there, Mississippi State, I mean, I think the outrage, even if they win every rest of their game, I mean, they're going to have to hear about that for the rest of the year. I, I don't think you can sleep on Mississippi State. Like you just said, they won nine games last year. I realize there's coaching turnover, but this this is – I think they have the longest streak in the SEC outside of maybe Georgia of, of going to bowl games. So this is not like some team that you can just guarantee is going to be a W. I, yeah, I think September is huge for South Carolina because you got North Carolina – Three Mississippi one, State, they, Georgia, and Tennessee. Or uh, you know, Georgia yeah. and Tennessee are so first two yeah. SEC East games are the who are going to be picked the top two teams in the conference, both on the road. Neyland, like you mentioned, is you know, South Carolina's played a lot of close games up there over the years of a lot of losses. The wins 16, 15, 14, 3, 15, 9. All ugly. Uh, and the last two have not been close. You know, Muschamp's last no. uh, trip to Neyland. And then no. the uh, the infamous, let's let Jordan Birch throw a halfback pass no. and get boat raced off the field yeah. game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, and, I, and I think South Carolina in those two games definitely will have to take its offense. They're going to have to put points on the board. You can't. Yeah. You can't match – you can't not score against Tennessee, and you certainly can't sit there and match Georgia defensively. Yeah, uh, right. And you make a good point about Mississippi State. I've always liked Zach Arnett. I've always I thought he, he's a good coach. And uh, certainly uh, the App State – won nine games. Man. Yeah. The App State offensive system is one that if you run it right, it's a lot of outside zone. Uh, you know, you mentioned Mike Wright coming in there. I think eventually he'll be a great quarterback for that system. But, see, you can also – you can use a Will Rogers or a Mike Wright. That's the beauty of it. Uh, you can have a dual-threat guy, and you can kill him that way. But you can also uh, kill him with a with a guy that can throw it. You know, so that's a – it's a beautiful offense. Beautiful. It's a beautiful offense, Mike. So, anyway, <laughs> well, man, we appreciate you uh, joining us, man. It's uh, It's been yeah. too long. It's been too long. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, next time we'll keep you for a full hour. <laughs> with no no commercial breaks credit yeah no payments yeah. nothing we're not gonna do we're just yeah. gonna just keep you. you you don't have any choice that sounds that sounds about right now nah, i really do appreciate it man that sec podcast is is special and there's a, we got a lot it of people is. around here that watch it every pretty much every day so thank you very much absolutely take care guys there you go Michael Bright. uh we kept him probably 15 20 minutes longer we probably should have but uh JC checks in the mail. So
Yeah. By I the never way, tell the, people the, how long we actually want them for. They just agree to come on the show. Oh. So, I mean, you know, if you get mad about it, that's why. Hey, I mean, if you only I got told, 30 minutes, you only got 30 minutes, you should have said something. Yeah. I, told King, I told King, I was like, well, have you out tomorrow by 1120. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm on the other end of you. Yeah, yeah, that uh, one, that one, I mean, that one I could respect. Yeah. The ticket <laughs> has been, um, the ticket has, has been claimed. Sawyer's ticket's been claimed. Yes. Bill, Bill has won the ticket. Okay. Bill is a uh, a buddy of mine from Columbia, and so uh, and a member of Carolina Rise and a member of the site and um, all that good stuff. So, uh, congratulations, Bill! Congratulations, he jumped on it quick. So Sawyer, you've done your good thing, and you got another person in for the event Thursday. Plus, Craig is going to get a fantastic rain check package in the mail to go along with the other 37 things we've sent him when he's won contests. So, uh, but I'm sure, I'm sure you'll like this one, Clint. Brandon. I was bummed that year. Brian Van Gorder hauled butt on us a week after a week or so. You're, you're, you're the only one in the fan base that's ever looked back and said, you know, I really wish we could get that damn big quarterback in the, uh, dude, he just, in the he, saddle. Van Gorder went to crap after that. He wasn't even good at, I mean, he had a couple of decent years at Notre Dame, but, uh, anyway, we got to get a break, don't we, Phil? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're a little yep. behind. Yeah. Yep. All right. We well, are. Let's roll. And right. we'll be right back to talk more about Brian Van Gorder. <laughs> if you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm, and the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning, it'll melt in your mouth, it's good on a cracker, it's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our board, Matt Odom, has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Memorial of the Carolina Gamecocks, 
and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. All right, 1243, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. You'll meet Michelle Wilkins and her team on Saturday if you're headed to North Mount Pleasant for the Carolina Rise Live event where 12 current Gamecocks will be in attendance and maybe one or two of them will hop on one of these bikes and cruise around and show you just how fast a big man can go on an electric bike that we do know they go up to 28 miles per hour, but with 330 pounds on it, who knows? But we do know this. Everybody comes from all over the state of South Carolina to buy at electric bikes, electric bikes, charleston.com. I, somebody asked earlier, how heavy are they? They're actually not that heavy. I mean, they're heavier than some like normal, like light bikes, but they're really not what you would think they are, and they built they actually build some that fold up, and you can put them in the back seat of your car, uh, or in the trunk, or wherever you want to put them. It's pretty impressive. Electricbikescharleston.com. Of course, they are partnered with uh, Charleston Fitness Equipment as well. So, um, if you need something for a home gym, or you own a business, or whatever it is, uh, that's where you want to go. Right there in front of the town center, in uh, in Mount Pleasant. Um, Real, I, 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 I just need to mention, I want to mention a couple of things real quick and, and then JC have, have all the fun you want with Brian Van Gorder. He's, uh, certainly a main topic these days. But when we were talking about Florida, I mean, it's, it's, we'll see. I mean, you just don't ever know. I didn't think that they would win game one last year and they beat Utah. Then they proceeded to be fairly terrible from there, but they did whip Carolina to rear end. But let's just say, for instance, that they open the season two and two, which is very possible because they've got to go to Salt Lake and then they come home and they play McNeese State. They welcome Tennessee to town, which if you ask today, that certainly seems like a game that they're very, very capable of losing. And then they've got Charlotte. So let's just say in those first four, they're two and two. Okay. Then they go on the road uh, to Kentucky where they have not had a lot of success lately. So let's just say they're two and three. You probably don't know this because I doubt that any of us, any of you have Florida's schedule memorized. But anybody want to take a wild stab at who their sixth game is inside of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium? Alabama? No. Auburn? It's an Eastern team. In Ben Hill, don't say you can't say Georgia's. It's obviously not them. Right, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Does anybody remember what happened in Nashville last year? Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. I tell you, when when you watch that game, like you know that that whole. Maybe I should get like extremely pessimistic and negative more often, um, because, like, after watching that game that day, and then the Gamecocks were coming up against Tennessee. I was just like, man, South Carolina, I cannot believe, you know, they lost to this Florida team, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, then what happened happened. (laughs) The season changed in a a blink of an an eye. Uh, Of course, I I took a lot of uh, solace knowing that everything that we said on the show all season long ended up being (laughs) exactly right. And that's all they had to do. But uh, anyway, Florida was not very good. I don't know what happened in that Gamecock game other than a terrible 
uh, offensive game plan. In other words, you knew you struggled stopping the run. You knew they were going to run it right at you. Um, couldn't stop them early, obviously. Uh, but you needed an offense to counteract that. And, and Carolina got no offense all day. I mean, they were shut out, uh, which is embarrassing because Florida wasn't very good on defense. And, yeah. um, and you know, watching that game and then you're like, ah. Oh. Well, and then Florida kind of rallied and, you know, they played a pretty good Florida State team within a touchdown and put 38 points on the board, lost 45-38 in, in Tallahassee in what was a pretty good ball game. Uh, and then the, the, the negative sign for me, and th- this happens to Florida coaches a lot, um, didn't necessarily happen to Muschamp because it happened to Urban Meyer. It uh, didn't happen to Spurrier, didn't happen to Muschamp because Muschamp was taking it in the opposite direction. Mm. Happened to McIlwain, happened to Mullen, and now in year one happened to Napier. They have a problem with kids kids just quitting and, and, and culture, I think, in that program. Um, and if you look at it, it's sort of true because you, you kind of look at it and you're like, look at how many opt-outs they have every year look, for bowl games. Look at how many transfer portal guys they have that just up and leave. Yeah. I mean, there's no – and Napier's been probably more egregious than Dan Mullen in this department. And so, you know, and, and then so so Florida goes to Las Vegas, but they're the first Las Vegas bowl team. They go to play the Beavers of Oregon State. And just got their asses whipped up and down the field by the Beavers. Badly. That wasn't even a game. Um, and, and it's because a lot of their players were missing what it, you know, whatnot. And 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 so whoever's gonna win at Florida has to solve that. They they gotta get back to the swagger and the togetherness that they used to play with. Uh when Spurrier had great teams most years, when Urban Meyer uh, had, had uh, championship level teams. You know, those teams may have been full of uh, unscrupulous individuals and human beings, but they had on the football field, they played as a team. Um, and then, then he eventually lost it. You know, it, it was a house of cards. And, and so, and Muschamp tried to dig them out, but Muschamp just kind of like at Carolina, they had some serious recruiting issues at certain spots on offense in particular uh, that did them in like receiver. Um, and, and they didn't give him a lot of time. So if you start two and three, and let's say you do lose to Vanderbilt at home and you're two and four and you're headed to the bottom of the East next year, I just, guys, I just don't know that you can afford to change coaches again. I mean, well, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter though, because they will. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. You, you, I mean, yeah. after all that money you spent too, I mean, you know, and, and the, this, the sheer embarrassment that's taking place. Then after yeah, that, I, I don't. Here's the thing, because after that they come to Columbia, and then they got Georgia, Arkansas, at LSU, at Missouri, Florida State. <laughs> so, if if Bratton can, is right and Missouri's better than you think, and Arkansas's got best quarterback in the league, and all you know the the, the games that you look at there, like South Carolina, the Blue Collar game, South Carolina, Arkansas, Missouri. If none of that goes Napier's way, I can tell you right now, he ain't gonna be there. If they start out like that, and it just all goes to pot, like we didn't. Like we just rolled out, and they're two and four before all that happens. He, Let's dude, finish three and three and nine. They ain't doing it. You know they're not. It doesn't matter how much money they owe him. They give it to him. See no, him. And what's worse for them is like if Florida State really is on you know an ascension here yeah. over these next few years, then it's just gonna. I mean, hell, you could be lost in the woods for God knows how long. Yeah, Phil. What did Bratton say? They would be underdogs in eight games next year. So let's point. Uh, we got to go. Uh, but but yeah. well, all right. So real quick, Utah. Tennessee, Kentucky, Carolina, Georgia, 
Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, Missouri, Florida State. I got them at nine. Which one of those games would they not be underdogs in if it if it was played today? I mean, well, yeah. See, you got to go two Kentucky, two Missouri, and two South Carolina. That's it's it's different when when there's because they play Georgia on a neutral site. When, when those game when those tricky games are on the road, and those teams are arguably better, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be iffy. I mean, you know, Will Muschamp did not get fired after going four and eight, but he was mandated to win like eight or nine the next year, and he only won six. Unfortunately, I had a game yeah. canceled in true true must champion era uh, uh, fashion. But I mean, heck, Dan Mullen won double digit games his first two what two or three years, and then went to, went to Atlanta. Uh, McElwain went to Atlanta the first two years, and then third year law uh, got fired. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, after after putting out all that money, and you look in the recruiting, at least numerically, is not better. Uh, it's worse, or slightly worse than, than what Dan Mullen did. You, you don't have an exciting offense. Uh, they do have a five-star quarterback coming in in the next class right now from Texas. Uh, but it, you yeah, know, he's going to play gonna, for Lane Kiffin. Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, I just, you know, and I, and I, I, I somebody told me this, and, and they, at the time when Carolina was kind of like, well, it's going to be Napier or Beamer or, or Scott Satterfield, right? Somebody told me this, and, and it's a smart person that that, uh, that people would know if I said who he was. Um, why would you want to hire the offensive version of Will Muschamp after that did not work at South Carolina? And I, did, I, I don't know. I was like, well, you know, he worked for Saban, but he also worked for Ty Graham and Davo Sweeney. And I, I, is, is Napier that guy? I think Napier's that guy. <laughs> uh, just for what I see so far, that doesn't mean that it can't work eventually in time. And, um, you know, I like Austin Armstrong, by the way, as a good young D coordinator. But, um, it, it, yeah, but is, you he, know, I, I, is he in the best position right now for – he's got to be a savior. we got, we got to hit a timeout. Let's conf- I, yeah, I know. I, I think so, what Carolina needed, Carolina made the absolute right choice with what this program needed. Uh, you know, not that Napier – Napier made oh, win yeah. 10 games, but this year, whatever. I think South Carolina made the right choice with Beamer now. And, and what's going on in Florida just reinforces that. All right, we'll wrap it up when we get back. Back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company. 
where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox! On deep drive to left, Morgan looks up and it is gone! Yo, two is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes. And it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Welcome back in, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team to talk about potentially enclosing a porch or a patio for you to enjoy the summer bug-free. And I had something witty to say, but I lost it when I was watching Ethan Petrie. <laughs> I was like, look at that. Look at that. Well, the good news is uh, so happy he's coach. on our team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the good news is the head coach of Ethan Petrie's head coach will join us tomorrow at eleven oh five. His name is one Mark Kingston. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to JC getting down here as well. Uh can't wait to see him on Friday. I think JC, I'll see you Friday or Saturday, if not Saturday morning. I mean, I'll definitely see you Saturday. Um, I think you'll see me Friday. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Reminder to everybody to buy those tickets, buy those tickets, buy those tickets. And if you can't go, maybe you just know of somebody who maybe, you know, doesn't pay as close attention to everything. And, um, yeah, you know, they've got kids that would like to meet some football players. Please send them the link. It's it's pretty easy. Email the link to five Gamecock fans, you know, so. Would, yeah, and yeah. I put the link in the uh, in the show description today, so it's on there on YouTube. And by, and by the way, there there's there's there is a lot of people that are going to be at these events. I mean, they, they're selling. That's great, and but we just we would love to meet all of you. So uh, JC was giving us the numbers this morning, and that's pretty good. So yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah, stuff. you know, and, and and it's a tough time. You know, spring in South Carolina is. I mean, heck, it, it it's hard to get a crowd at the spring game if it's not at night, you know, because people people want to go play golf and go to the lake and go to the beach and chill. And I don't blame you because I, I I'm one of you. I like to do the same. Yeah, there are beaches in Illinois. They're on Lake Michigan. Jesus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't I, I wouldn't. Would you call Lake Michigan, JC? Was that something? <laughs> I've heard Lake Michigan's cold. Yeah, that's I, what I hear too. Yeah. <laughs> if if I were on like the like so the beaches or the like Indiana, Michigan, if you go to the to the east, uh, you, you get to like New Buffalo, Michigan, and and kind of that uh, 
west coast of Michigan. I'm losing did, my voice, by the way. Did you uh, swallow a bird or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you get to the west coast of Michigan, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful um, lake area. But Chicago? No. How about no? <laughs> no, I wouldn't be called dead. And then the, the, the beaches downtown have – uh, youth youth rallies, you know, Adam too. So stuff goes down down there, you know, well, on the south side and all that. Stuff so, goes uh, down on the Isle of Palms these days. So I mean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah J- James says it's a long way for home team in Mount P. <laughs> James Island boy doesn't leave the island often on the weekend. We're the city. Well, I guess. Yeah. Team closed. Everyone fires. Not understanding is no. Is what uh, now? Do what? Home team. Cl- home team barbecue closed to everyone else during the event. My understanding is no. We're gonna have to no, spay. No. Like a, yeah, the, but there'll be people outside. there. Well, I mean, with all due respect to, to Mr. Churchill, you're JC. You're coming all the way from Chicago for this event, <laughs> so I think he can make it from James Island. I got to come from Johns Island. It'll be all right. Little. Funny. I'm gonna be. Ubering, I, I think. Well, at least part of it. So. You're gonna be like the drunk guy that got his Uber from like North Carolina to Delaware or something overnight. No, I did take an Uber from address. Atlanta to Greenville one time. That was. Fun. You'd be like the drunk guy that you know called an Uber and slept through him uh, being there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you oh, could be well, like my yeah. my friend Michael who called an Uber the other night and fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's what Phil was referring to. Yeah, I was. Or, or you could be waiting on anybody you, out by name. You know, oh, I don't <laughs> you, care. You could you yeah. could be waiting on Uber with your friends uh, at their place, and they pop on Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you look up at the TV and ask them, "Is this regarding Henry? Is this regarding Henry?" <laughs> yeah, that did happen. Yes, Phil it knows. Phil knows that. <laughs> so, so a few years later, I'm like, I took a picture. I was at Toys R Us. I took a picture of the Raiders of the Lost Ark action figure, and I was like. I made a meme. Excuse me, sir. Where are your regarding Henry action action figures? (laughs) (laughs) Regarding Henry. It's amazing. No reform man. I am not going to be at the Carolina Rise events. I might give everybody an opportunity to actually meet me in person at the the opener. Yeah, the VIP tailgate. Don't forget that. That's going to be lit. And that's more of a party. This is a fundraiser. That's going to be... Lance Player will be at the VIP tailgate. I have a feeling. Yeah. Uh, yes. But latte. You talking about Latte Lance? Latte Lance. One, one, one event at a time, though. I've, I, I, but I am starting to wrap my head around that one. So. Okay. Well, I'll, I know I'll be there. So. <laughs> be awesome. Thanks to uh, Sawyer and Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast, and uh, tomorrow at eleven oh five. Mark Kingston, and whatever else we can get figured out between now and then. Thanks to all of you, as always, and, of course, to J.C. and Phil for being J.C. and Classic Phil. Inside the Gamecocks of the show, built by the Barn Doe Company, thebarndominiumco.com, and always live from the Sinorama Studios. See you tomorrow at 11 on Inside the Gamecocks. <laughs>